All right. Welcome, good fighters, to the Welcome to the Good Fighters podcast. Uh, coming to you live with a whole lot of connection, attention, and purpose. I'm Dr. Nash Dopko, uh, Dr. Gates Mayer here, and we have a very awesome and unique guest today, Dr. Brandt uh, Hustleback. Am I saying that right? Hustlebus, yeah. Hustlebus. Horrible. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, Dr. Brandt is somebody I met at Palmer Homecoming this year, and I heard him speak at a philosophy event at Pi Kappa Chi fraternity. And um, honestly, it was content that I've never even heard before. And I was really inspired by not just his story, but his family story. And, you know, coming from a background, uh, you know, background of chiropractic, where a lot of work that needs to be done behind the scenes to really make progress for everybody else. his family's his family story is one of the greatest I've ever heard. So I thought, uh, what better guest to have on the Good Fighters podcast than Dr. Brandt? So, um, Dr. Brandt, would you like to tell everybody about yourself and uh, a little bit of what you got going on here today in Rockford, Illinois? Yeah, sure. I'm a chiropractor here in Rockford, Illinois. We are uh, those who don't know who, where Rockford is. I always tease it's the second biggest city in Illinois. No one's ever heard of. We are uh, kind of between Madison, Milwaukee, Rockford, and the Quad Cities. It's kind of right smack in the middle there. So got our practice here. We've been, this practice opened in 1978 by my father and my grandfather. Uh, Grandpa started in 49. This is the second clinic, uh, sorry, the third clinic that opened. And um, it's currently our oldest actual building within the family. Uh, So you are a third generation chiropractor? Or fourth. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a th- third generation chiropractor. I tell everybody I'm seven of 10 in the family. Wow. So that's the legacy that Nash and I are trying to leave, though, for real. Definitely. <laughs> um, so one of the one of the, like the awesome stories I've told to a lot of people um, just since I've been back from homecoming is the one about your I think it was, you said it was your dad or no, maybe it was your grandfather that started off having the, the bell at, or like the light at the front desk to let them know when yeah. <laughs> they'd have certain uh, sure. unwelcome personnel come into the practice. So I don't want to jump into the stories for you, but I know you'll get there uh, in your own yeah. time. But I yeah, would yeah. really love if you could share a little bit about your grandfather and his relationship with BJ Palmer and a little bit about the history there. Sure. Well, my, my, my grandparents, um, my grandpa got home from the war back in 1946 and they lived in Western Iowa. My grandmother was really sick. She was told that she couldn't have kids. And um, her mother and aunt both died of female health problems, ovarian cancer and stuff like that. Grandpa didn't know what to do. He didn't have any job or money or no plan. So he just got in the car, jumped on Route 2, and started to drive to Chicago, hoping to find something that could help her. Along the way, they stopped for gas in Davenport, Iowa. And back then, they used to come out and pump your gas for you. And the clerk told them there's this crazy clinic down by the on Brady Street. You should go check it out. And they didn't have, like I said, any job, money, or plan in any, any direction. So why not? So they drove down there, and uh, Dr. B.J. Palmer met my grandmother, kind of saw the way she was walking and carrying herself, and kind of did the old touch and tell where B.J. kind of told my grandma some of her health problems before they started. And so Grandpa thought, well, why not? Let's get started. So Dr. Palmer started adjusting my grandmother, and then in no time, she was pregnant. So um, then something happened um, that we all deal with. Dr. Palmer wanted to get paid. <laughs> he thought he should get paid for his services. 
And I told you, Grandpa had no money, no job, no plan. So, but he had a GI Bill back then. And chiropractic back in 46 was considered a trade school. So he was able to use his GI Bill to pay for college. So his intent was just to pay for the college, not to enroll. Like, okay, I'll sign up for classes. I'll sit through this stuff. And um, just until she gets better, then we're out of here. But uh, I got to know Dr. Palmer pretty good. And Dr. Palmer liked him a lot. So Dr. Palmer convinced him to stick around and ride it out. So that's kind of how we discovered chiropractic. Wow. So I freaking love that. That's so freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's our story. But um, when the grandpa graduated in 49, it was uh, illegal to be a chiropractor in the state of Illinois uh, if you went to any school that was not based in Illinois. So if you went to a school in St. Louis or a school in Davenport, you weren't welcome in Illinois. So Dr. Palmer told Grappa that you're going to go to Illinois and practice. He never lived in Illinois before, but I don't think too many people said no to B.J. Palmer back then. So <laughs> Grappa, <laughs> Grappa just kind of went to Illinois and uh, set up shop. Um, so they would come into your clinic and see if you had a license. And obviously from 49 to 63, he did not. So when you came in the clinic, you showed your driver's license to my grandmother. On the back of the license, there was a mark. If she saw the mark, she had a light switch under her desk. She'd hit the switch, the light would go off in the adjusting room. And grab on the patient would go out the back door and across the street, there was a coffee shop. So you might show up for your appointment. My grandmother would look at you and say, you might want to grab some coffee because uh, this guy is here to arrest my grandfather. And he was able to always avoid the arrest. I loved that story when you told that at homecoming. That was, uh, I don't know, just like, it's so vivid in my mind. Uh, just, I don't know, that, that's so super powerful that, uh, you know, you even had that experience from your grandmother to your grandfather that they even like shared that in, in itself. Um, one of the things that I really thought was, I don't know, Gates, did you catch all that? Bits and pieces. Sorry, okay, I just okay. gotta make sure my phone wasn't gonna go off in the middle of No, it. no, you're fine. I did. Um, so I think it's pretty interesting in the world we live nowadays that it's not quite at that level where we have people come into our practices that, the, you know, they're looking to shut us down, but it is, we live in a time of cancel culture. So there are some, uh, similarities. Absolutely. And history does repeat itself. Right. So, yeah. um, I, one thing I wanted to, uh, ask you about Dr. Grant or Dr. Brandt was, uh, so when BJ asked your your grandfather, he asked him to be more of a po political figure in Illinois, correct? Yeah, I kind of sh shoved them right into it. I kind of okay. saw something my grandfather thought he could do it. So he saw something more than my grandpa saw himself, I think. And can you uh, talk a little about how that uh, process was for your grandpa? Yeah, so, you know, he came to Illinois and there was no way he was going to turn up his Palmer diploma, except one from the college in the state of Illinois. Um, so, you know, he, he thought, okay, now how do I avoid getting arrested? Because he was in small town, didn't want that. So he got together with a couple other chiropractors and they formed a new state association. They would help each other and support each other. And there was even a chiropractor in Springfield, Illinois, uh, who would go to the state capitol and look at the treasurer's report. Because they knew if the state of Illinois had a really bad month, that the arrest would go up because it was a $500 charge. Mm. So there was one month that was a horrible treasury report. So all of the chiropractors went on vacation that week and most of them were able to avoid arrest. <laughs> Pretty smart move. So, yeah. Genius. So he started learning the, poli 
Yeah. So they started playing politics. And, and you got to understand that, you know, back then people drove two hours to see my grandfather. The nearest clinic was this guy up in Mount Horrible, Wisconsin. Uh, named Clarence Gonstead was the nearest closest clinic. So people would go up and meet Dr. Gonstead and not want to drive past my grandfather's office to keep going to Wisconsin. They want to stop and see my grandfather instead. So they would get there and they'd be upset. They drove all that way. Dr. Bob's not there because this guy was in the room complaining. So we were always good at telling that patient, well, you need to call your state representatives and complain about this. You need to get involved. You need to. So we'd always have who to call and what to say. And, you know, back in 1950s, the key phrase was um, support freedom of healthcare choice. That was always the big phrase, which is to me today, pretty cool to see it everywhere. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Um, what was that strategy? Like, how did they come up with the strategic plays that they did? Because that obviously takes, like you said, a grouping of people to, that collected to kind of put it together. But, you know, what was the steps like for them, if, if you know, to, to putting all that together? Yeah, it was uh, the Bemis family, the Zarbuck family, and the Hulsa buses are some of the and um, some of the bigger families that first got involved. And they just would get together and they'd meet behind closed doors. They would meet Illinois politicians. They would get to know them. Like Grandpa, would, Grandpa told me, whenever you meet a politician, walk up to them and say, I support you because you support freedom of health care choice. If they want to talk to you, then you continue to talk to them. So they would get to know their local politicians. Wow. They would spend time with them and, uh, want, you know, wine and dine them, you know, big events for them, introducing all their patients when it came election time. So that way, then they had allies within the Capitol that they could come and talk to and lean on and speak openly and honestly with. So, and we know we still do that today here. We, uh, we're going to have, we've had, we, all the Rockford area characters get together. We have the representatives that we're friendly with. They're friendly with us. We have them over and we have them for dinner. We introduce them to all. And, you know, I tell the politicians with my hands around a patient's neck, I can be very influential in how they vote. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, so the phrasing of that, the freedom of healthcare choice, I think, is, is that right? That's the correct phrase. That's, yeah, that's always, he, he said, when you meet a politician at an event, you walk up to him, you shake their hand and say, I'm Dr. Brad Hulsebus and I support you because you support freedom of healthcare choice. Now, at that time, it was about the fact that you could go to a chiropractor, nothing right. to do with COVID shots, obviously. Right. It was about you accept chiropractic as a science. And um, if they would say yes, you'd shake their hand and then you'd leave. You would impress them. Then what you would do is you would take a collection up for them of other chiropractors, send them a check with your business card in it. A couple of weeks later, call them up and tell them, hey, we met at such and such event. And I would like to offer my services to you to be your chiropractic liaison. Because I know there's going to be chiropractic legislative that comes across your desk. And I would like to be able to meet with you and tell you the ins and outs about that because you can't know everything about everything. So you offer services, you offer financial support before you ever ask for anything. And that's how you build the relationships. Now, I want, and this might be fast forwarding too much, but how do you see that playing out in today's world? Do you think it's the same? Do you think it's different? Do you think it would still work? Because obviously right now, and the big reason why we have you on is to find ways that we can work within legislature that you have had an impact in and would that similar system work or what, how does that translate to today's world? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I know almost all my city council members. I know all my County board members. I know the board, the mayor. Um, I just go to these events and meet people. So when COVID hit here in Illinois first, 
a lot of states, as we know, got shut down. They said, no chiropractic, you can't do it. And with our governor in Illinois, he kind of follows the trend of the states that got shut down. So we had a, a real panic here. So I called my state representative, uh, Joe Sosnowski, and I said, hey, buddy, you know, after making these relationships with them, we got to stay open. And they said, okay, well, we need to come up with a strategy. So him and I talked about it. And we basically said that not only can we provide chiropractic care, but we know how to take blood pressures. We know how to listen to people's lungs. We know how to be a screening service if they need to go to the emergency room, but they don't. So we had to kind of open our book up a little bit more of what services we can provide. And then the thing was, we came up with the term, we can ease the health the medical system by taking out some of their patient load. And so him and I then called the, what we here have is the Illinois Department of Professional Regulations. And we were able to present that to the leader of the Illinois Professional Regulations. And then he went to the governor and said, I think the chiropractors could be a valuable aid. And so we never got shut down because of those efforts. Wow. And did you extend your books too? Like, were you there longer hours or, or what was that kind of like as well? Yeah, no, we... Um, we, we have an old, we so we have an old building with um, four different HVAC units because we keep adding and, and doing different <laughs> things. So when I told the health department, um, I have a building with four different HVAC units. And we have four chiropractors. I'm going to put one in their own HVAC unit. They're like, "That's awesome, go for it." Mm-hmm. So um, I told the local chiropractors in Illinois, your police is your local health department with all the COVID stuff. So I told the chiropractors to come up with a plan to, to sell your clinic, your building, and your, the way you're doing things. You see, we also didn't have any regulations for chiropractors. They had regulations for every business when COVID first hit, how you can open up what you have to do. So I called the mayor, who I've gotten to know, and he actually allowed me and two other Rockford chiropractors to write the chiropractic guidelines for COVID policies. That's incredible. I know Dr. Nash and I are both going through principles right now for chiropractic and just the law of demand and supply. And in that same vein, I think there was that demand of not only on the healthcare system, but you absolutely supplied a a way of benefit for people and for the system while still caring for your patients. And I, I think that's incredible. I think that's awesome. But we have a back door. And I told all my patients if they shut us down, we're going to go back to grandpa's way. Just pull our own back. Don't ask yeah. questions. <laughs> that, that front door light off and we'll be good to go. Yep. Yeah. Luckily, it never happened, but we were ready. We're ready for it. You kind of have to at that point. It's in your blood, you know? Yeah. I, uh, somebody told me, you know, all those masking stuff. I would dress up like Donald Duck if I had to to see my patients. So that's kind of how I feel about it. <laughs> One thing I was curious about, Dr. Brandt, so um, in Illinois, do you have multiple state, asso- state associations or do you have just one? You have multiple? We, we have multiple. Okay. Yeah, we have, because um, there was the, the other school in Illinois had their state association and their state association was to shut down Palmer and Logan graduates. Okay. So they went around and they would call the police and my grandfather, they, not just Palmer, but any other school other than theirs. And shut them down. So, out of necessity, the Illinois Prairie State Chiropractic Association was founded. Okay. And their job was to speak on behalf of self-educated based chiropractors. And my follow-up question: So, um, in states that only have one state association, that might not be as principled as uh, you know, in my opinion, as what they should be. Do you have any mm-hmm. advice for how somebody could get to starting a new state association or? 
what you think might be a good uh, yeah, strategy in general for just uh, maybe trying to voice that opinion to their, their current state association? Well, um, first thing is don't run away from a fight. Uh, I yeah. never run away from a fight. I'm not allowed at certain chiropractic colleges. I'm not allowed at certain state associations anymore. So I never run away from a fight. Um, so to get involved in, if you don't, if they have one state association in your state, find 20 of you, join it, get involved, nominate each other, put each other on the board and take it over. I mean, that's something we try to do here with the other state association. They figured that out, put a stop to us. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, you can take it over. It's just the majority wins, right? And, um, you know, I had a politician one time told me, if you want to change a law in your town, that takes 20 people, have 20 people show up to a city council meeting and they're going to hear you. So show up to the state association, take it over. But if you want to start your own state association, that's a lot of work. Um, you're going to talk to some state legislators. You have to get some really good friends in there because they, so not all of them are recognized. So you have to get recognized by the state. That's that takes a lot of work. But if you get the right couple of state representatives to get behind you and support you, you can definitely do that. I can, uh, first of all, I love the concept of just banding together and providing that force. Um, one question I know that I've often had and I know that I've received from other people is um, it's, it's going to take a change, obviously, right now with what we're going through. And I think a lot of people have kind of been on the back burner for a long time when it comes to being involved with their state associations or their council or their school boards. What kind of time commitment can they look at in terms of starting something and moving forward with things? You know, is it a couple hours a week? Is it, you know, whenever you're available, just be able to make those steps so people cannot be so intimidated to go after it. So what's that time commitment? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I actually block certain times in my schedule just to, cause I, and I'm, you're talking to the, the king of the nerds when it comes to this stuff, <laughs> because I go to the, I go to the state legislative page and I search for bills and I'll type in chiropractic as a keyword and I read every bill. And, um, and our state is hard because we don't have a state, we don't have a chiropractic board in Illinois. Gotcha. In Illinois, we're medical doctors that cannot prescribe or do surgery. So any oh, medical wow. law that gets written, we're part of that. So, uh, you know, there's 300 some bills you have to go through. Uh, in other states, I imagine it would be easier to just sit down and just review them. But I think it just starts off with a core. You got to find your you got to find your five or six people and get together and start meeting once a month or maybe once every two weeks and, and start breaking it up. Get those less of those state politicians. I actually um, practice wise, I benefit heavily from going to all these uh, dinners with these state officials and they had their things because I'm meeting other community leaders. I'm meeting other business professional people that own companies. And this has actually led to me having corporate accounts with the other companies where I take care of the entire company. They pay me once a month to take care of all the employees. But it, I met them at these events. So I tell chiropractors, especially young chiropractors, that's a great way to start building your practice and meeting the people in your community that you want to be in the same circles with. So going to these states, you know, divide them all up, two or three of you go at the same time. Like I said, I support you because you support freedom of health care choice. Maybe today you have to tell them it's more than just the vaccine, but um, yeah, yeah. You know, go out there and start meeting them. So, you know, I, I my personally, I, I book uh, one hour a week to do social media on Mondays on my schedule. I book one hour on Tuesday. I don't take any patients just to go through and read the state laws. 
I just, I just, I, I have purposeful time put aside each day for different tasks on my schedule. Love it. Um, so obviously chiropractic from the beginning has been something that has been an alternative choice for people. And right now I think is, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that are, there's a lot of resistance, but also it's a, such an opportunity, I think for chiropractic and, and as a whole to really take a step forward into the light and really be that, that choice that people are looking for. Cause I really think that we fill a lot of those, you know, check a lot of those boxes for people like, Hey, like this is something that um, can really make a big difference in your ability to be resistant. Right. And that's really what we're, you know, we're working on that um, constructive survival value. Right. So when it comes to, you know, the, the fountainhead, I, I think that they set a pretty big example for the profession overall. And I was curious in, in your opinion, how can we as alumni demand more from our, from our alma mater? Sure. So I get, I get asked this a lot, like, Hey, I, I don't, you know, I, I look at what's going on at Palmer. I don't really like it. Or, Hey, I, I'm not sure about the direction Palmer's going. And I always ask the same question. When was the last time you were there? When was yeah. the last time you showed up to Palmer? When was the last time you offered to help out? When was the last time? Cause you know, they're just like you. If every patient that comes into your practice really, really wishes that you would wear a neon green shirt, eventually you buy the neon green shirt. So um, I just think you have to start showing up to Palmer and start going to them. I mean, they get, if they have 25 people in this class at homecoming and they got 300 people in this class are making chairs and they, they read that, they get that. And they're going to start making those changes. So I think showing up is key and offering what you can do, you know, give back to the school. Say, hey, you know, I met a guy who's really good at doing pediatric classes and he's upset that Palmer doesn't do a lot of pediatric classes. And I said, well, did you offer to go and, and to help with the pediatric program? Just go to the pediatric club and hang out with them and stuff like that. And they start hearing your name, seeing you're on campus. They say, oh, the students want this guy. Absolutely. It's a business, right? So show up, go there, do things, talk to them. I like that. I think that's a really big part because there's a lot of um... – Dr. Nash and I have talked a lot about recent happenings, obviously, and it makes it easy to want to pull back, you know, and not provide support, but instead show the school what students actually want. And um, Both of us have higher training in extremities and stuff, and we know that was a class that was lacking when we were there. Um, so even that, I think, is inspiring for me, Dr. Nash, I don't know about you, but inspiring for me to be like, okay, it's not, it's not necessarily time to pull back, but maybe even go even harder. At, yeah. Yeah. Dig in. At, yeah. Dig in and really let the student body and the, the faculty know like, Hey, this is, we need to head in a different direction than where we're going right now. That's really good. Cool. I'm the Illinois RA for the ICA. So I just call up the student ICA and said, Hey, I got nothing going on. You know, this night I'm thinking about coming down. My, I have a little easier than most because my in-laws are from the quad cities. I found my wife at Palmer too. And nice. uh, I'll be in town and I'll say, let's, let's go out to dinner, you know, grab, grab a bunch of the student ICA members, let's go out and hang out. And then, or they say, Hey, we got this going on at the school. You're going to be around this day. And for me, it's, Hey, grab the wife and the kids off of my father-in-law's house. And I go hang out to school and help out. So just it. getting a hold of those groups. That's awesome. Um, with your background, Dr. Brandt, do you know how uh, board members for Palmer are elected or, because that's one thing that it seems like, you know, as an alumni that uh, obviously we have a lot of um, benefits and, and privileges that obviously you don't have as a student. But one thing I still haven't you know, been able to 
figure out is how can I really, you know, like with our state representatives, how can I demand more from our Palmer representatives on the board? Um, how can I really shake those hands and, you know, I support you because you support principled chiropractic, right? How can I, how can I make that, you know, impact as an alumni? So my uncle Roger was on the board, I think for 18 years. So I know a little bit about this and uh, yeah. Dr. Bemis is a good family friend. He was on the board for a long time too. And uh, I know my uncle Roger got on the board because of his involvement at the school. He was always there talking to him, having meetings with them. Um, he, he used to do this thing where he'd take a whole bus full of students and bring them to the school for a day, uh, college students. And I'm happy to say I'm continuing that tradition. Uh, but then they, they, they want to talk to you. They want to get to know you. But the board members are appointed and terminated by the uh, president of the school. So um, I know when his time was up was when Dr. Rickman left. Uh, he kind of left with Dr. Rickman along with Dr. Bemis and a couple others. But it's um, just, you know, rubbing elbows and hanging out the school and, and getting to know them. That's, that's the best way. And then all the board members I know are, um, see, my Uncle Roger got on the board because he had previous board experience at his local community college. So there was an election to run for to be in the board at the, at the Kishwaukee Community College. So he sat on that board with the intent to get board experience that way he can then go to the college mm. his resume look better to be a board member. So I know your local community colleges in Illinois will be host elections for board members on those colleges. So if you wanted to get more involved, you'd want to have some type of resume or experience. So that's kind of where I would tell you to look at if that's a long-term goal of yours. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's really, really valuable what you said right there. Because, yeah, I mean, if we really want to make the changes, you know, we, we can't just jump to the major leagues, right? We got to be able to, like you said, build up that resume, build up that experience because, you know, I'm not, I'm not trained to be a board member and nobody really is, but it really comes from the experience of delegation and, uh, you know, the process of being a part of a board committee. So I think that's awesome. Mm cool um as in so, illinois we have the medical licensing board with one chiropractor on it he decides everything for illinois so my state reps have put me on different boards i've been in the athletic training licensing board and stuff like that uh just to build up my resume so I, later in life when my kids are older i can go for that spot here in illinois and be in that spot for eight years and write the illinois laws for chiropractors wow so I, I guess that kind of leads into my next question. What's the uh, coming down the pipe for you? You know, what's the next, you know, the next step for you, Dr. Brandt, but it kind of sounds like that's the progression for, for your story, right? Well, that, and I'm very involved in Medicare. Um, my, my grandfather was one of the many chiropractors that helped write the Medicare law. And basically what they did is um, he kind of partnered up with this crazy guy down in Marietta, Georgia, and had a crazy haircut and a big guy used to play tight end. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But Dr. Sid and him kind of partnered up. They made a team together of ICA members and they walked into Strong Thurman's office with a, and asked that we think Medicare should cover chiropractic. And he kind of looked at him and Senator Thurman said, I don't think so, guys. They took a pillowcase full of cash and dumped it all over his desk. They said, We think Medicare should cover chiropractic. He goes, You guys make a hell of an argument. There's a, I have a photo of the, my grandfather and five other ICA and Dr. Williams on the golf course with Strong Thurman, all with cigars in their mouths, holding up the pillowcase uh, the day wow. Medicare got passed. <laughs> and then in um, 2000, Medicare came in here and called my dad a fraud. 
uh, demanded a quarter million dollars for all of his records. My father literally threw him out because Medicare forgot that our family history with Medicare. And um, he went to Washington, D.C. and testified in front of Capitol Hill in front of Congress because there was nothing that we had. To, there was no documentation requirements. So he says an American citizen has a right to a fair trial and you won't defy what I have to document to show necessity of care. Therefore, it's, it's unconstitutional for you to question me. So he used his constitutional Fourth Amendment right to fight back. And he won that. And that's why when you go through college now, you take those classes where you learn about parts and soap and stuff like that. But he gave us a leg to defend ourselves on because every carpenter had always been found guilty uh, of every charge. No carpenter ever won an audit once. So he made it so we could at least defend ourselves. So today I'm working on trying to get us so they'll pay for the x-rays and the exams because they require those to cover chiropractic. So I've been meeting with um, Ways and Means Committee congressmen all over the country trying to get this law changed. I know I'm with the ICA and another group has a different bill, but I am. I think we should just keep it simple. Let us opt out. Let us bill for x-rays and exams. And that's all we need. Keep it simple, right? And that's uh, one of the, you know, I, I think one of, the, one of the fundamental philosophies of chiropractic in general is the, the simplicity of, of it all. So I think that pervades a lot of things with chiropractic. Um, wow. Uh, side note, completely under, I didn't know Dr. Sid Williams was a tight end. I did not know that. Yeah, I think he but, played uh, Georgia Tech. No, I just started okay. reading uh, Lasting Purpose by him, and he's touching on that. Yeah. Wow. The more you know. But, the beginning story of how he got into football is actually really, really cool. Nash, I'll have to send you the pages because I, I just Please. read it this morning. Yeah. Dang. Wow. Well, that's cool. Um, Gates, do you have anything for, for Dr. Brandt? I don't mean to keep. No. Um, I know that for me, especially, I would like to, I know I'm struggling with finding how to get contact of a lot of these legislatures or state mm. associations because I feel like there's not one one place where I can just find all their names, numbers, emails, all that kind of stuff, or even get a chance to speak with them. What so what can people do to kind of make that happen um, within their own cities and states? Because obviously, you know, people have their own personal opinions, but we all want to see everybody win um, in terms of every American getting what they deserve and what they need. Um, as far as chiropractic care. So how do we continue that and how do we make sure that we get in contact with the right individuals? Well, if you got two or three within driving distance of you that feel the same way you do, I recommend the two or three of you just get together and then either reach out to your state association or the ICA and say, hey, we're meeting here. Can you guys support us? I, I can speak a lot. I'm the Illinois RA for Illinois. So I can speak a lot on the ICA. I know, I know like Iowa and Michigan have great, have ICA good leadership there. Yeah. So if you would tell them that we were meeting, we wanted to get together and do stuff. I know you find your RA. People email me all the time and say, hey, I'm in Joliet and I wish I could meet with more chiropractors to get more stuff going on. And so I immediately get them with more people, find them their state district rep and find them their ICA delegate and stuff like that and connect them. So there's, there's people out there looking for you. Too. like the ICA and your state associates, they're looking for you. They, they need you too. If you just got to tell them, Hey, we got three of us getting together here. And you know, when we get together and talk, we get CE hours too. So, I mean, there's, there's another, another perk to get together and talk. And uh, what, how does that work as far as the CE hours? Is it just any amount of time or each week? Uh, 
Yeah, state to state, it's going to vary. I mean, gotcha. in Illinois, we can't talk philosophy, but we can, and we can't talk business, but we can talk about laws and legislative, and we can talk about research. So if we just throw up a, bring a handout from Dan Murphy, one of his review articles, yeah, pass it around, boom, there you go, we're done. I like wow. that. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow, dropping a lot of like thousands of dollars too to get those. <laughs> Beats the ethics class I sat in at homecoming. I'll say that. <laughs> oh man, um, Gates. Uh, so, Doctor Brand, I don't know if Doctor Gates told you. So, our time limit is somewhat limited, uh, but we also want to respect your time too. So, um, we have about five minutes left, but. Um, I kind of want to save it for anything else that you may, may have had that uh, you wanted to bring up or uh, you know, let us know about anything else you have going on, Dr. Brandt. Yeah, I just tell you, bare minimum, uh, find your association that fits you and just join it. Even if you don't go into anything or participate with all this, with all these phone calls to lobbyists and all these phone calls we're doing, um, the money makes the world go around. So just mm-hmm. give, give to those funds. I know, in Illinois, we have a, a PAC fund to pay for our lobbyists. And I know the ICA has put them right on top of their thing. These groups are, I mean, they're busy. They're working around the clock. You know, when this COVID hit, a lot of us don't think about stuff like this until something like this hits. And then all of a sudden we wonder, what's everyone doing? Well, you got to support them all the time because it, it takes efforts to make these relationships that way when things like this hit, then we can go into action. Trying to go into action after the fact is, is a challenge. So. Yeah. Thank you. And, and honestly, I can personally say that you've really inspired me a ton to really you know be more active be more engaged and be more involved with not just my state association but my my city that i'm that i'm in because um chiropractic we're we're meant to be leaders and uh especially palmer graduates there's a lot of history behind being a palmer graduate and being a an uncommon leader and uh more than ever i think that's what the world needs is for us to stand up and let people know that there are philosophies out there that really, you know, empower the human body and our, our communities in general. So thank you so much for, for what you've done, what you continue to do and uh, being, being the beacon of light that we all need. It's for helping get the word out. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for students and other chiropractors to listen into this Um, students, especially for you guys, because they can get involved before they graduate, correct? Oh, absolutely. I wish, I wish that was something that I would have taken more advantage of. Um, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. given what's happening now. I wish I would have been more advantageous in jumping in on that. So students uh, that do listen to this, take advantage. Chiropractors that do listen to this, take advantage because um, we're called to be leaders like Nash said. And I think uh, we have a prime example here of Dr. Brandt. Um, and now we have more knowledge, more wisdom to be able to do so as well. So thank you so much. We re- I really do appreciate this, this conversation. It's been awesome. Thanks. Um, one last thing, Dr. Brandt, can you let the listeners know, uh, how they can contact you or how, where they can find you, uh, whether it be social media or uh, phone number, email, whatever. Sure. Well, uh, it's, it's Rockford, DC. That's how it sounds. Rockforddc.com. You can contact me there. Our Hulse of Us Rockford Chiropractic on every social media platform I can think of. It's out there. We do weekly videos and webinars and everything like that just for, for our patient stuff. So that's that's the best way to find me. Or if you still struggle, call the ICA. They all know who I am. I'm the <laughs> State Chiropractic Association. So 
Beautiful. Any way I can help, I'm always there for you. So beautiful. Well, I, I definitely plan on getting a school bus. I might have to look into some uh, Facebook marketplace, even get my hands on a cheap one. But <laughs> I think I, I really think that's uh, a beautiful idea for how we can really make an impact at Palmer. Um, Cause obviously the, the future of the profession is in the kids, right? Okay. And uh, really starting them off on the right foot with principled chiropractic is how we make that difference and that change that we want to see. So uh, just once again, thank you for continuing to, to make a difference for me. So um, Gates, I'll, I'll let you finish and wrap her up. All right. Well, everybody, you know where to find us at the underscore good underscore fight underscore earth on Instagram and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page and check out not only the audio content, but the video content as well. Um, we put some great stuff up there. So um, please continue to, to follow all our personal profiles, including Dr. Brandt. Um, and if you guys have any questions, please, please message him and get a hold of him. Um, again, we're just super grateful to have you on today and be able to get all this information out um, even more so. So everybody take advantage of it if you have not already for other people that have been on the show as well. Um, and then please leave us also, we have that we haven't really asked for this, Dr. Nash, but a review would be awesome on our page. I think we have one review right now. We're five for five. So <laughs> five stars right now. But um, but guys, thank you so much for listening and be sure to, to contact Dr. Brand. And again, we just really appreciate you having us on today. And uh, let's all go fight that good fight as we continue to do so. Yep. And sorry, I don't mean to cut in at the very end, but Dr. Brandt, uh, the Hustle Bus family. The, one of the original good fighters right there, literally. OG good been, fighters. Yeah, sure. been fighting the good fight for a very long time. So um, just once again, so honored to have you. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you, Doc. Appreciate it.